Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show with me, Adam Bayfield, the world's favourite cricket show host, <laughs> and also Tony Kerr, who's the co-host. Oh, hello. How's it going, Tony? Yeah. How's life? Not bad, thanks. Yeah, all good. You ready for this? You pumped up? Yeah. You in the mood? Yeah. You just stepped out before and you uh, left your laptop on the chair facing me. I could see you've got ecb.co.uk open with true. England men's fixtures. <laughs> so, so you're informed tonight. You know the fixture list. I'm on top of it. Yeah, I'm on top of it. Just need to know who's coming, who's going. But uh, but yeah, you're well, are you? Yeah, not too bad. I, I really I, I want to turn this over to you very much tonight, and I don't want to say too much because you were telling me the other day uh, that your mum listened to an episode of the World Cricket Show recently. And that her review was, Adam talks a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. She was like, just shut him up. He just <laughs> warbles on. Get get in there. Assert yourself. So, so um, that's what I'm going to try and do tonight. And if you're listening, uh, I'm really going to give you a little soldier an opportunity to uh, talk tonight. I think I'm just going to get on the front foot early, you know. hit Trying to hit you out the attack. Trying to uh, put you back in your box. I would quite like to see the possession stats at the end of uh, each episode of The World Creature Show. Yeah, the heat map. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've been talking more, but it's been. Uh, but you've been in more dangerous areas. <laughs> there should be. A, we should have a worm, shouldn't we? For as the as the episode goes on, sort of word count, word spoken <laughs> time. That's the two axes. The Manhattan. How yeah. would that look? Uh, well, we have got a lot of talking yeah. to do tonight, Tane. There's a lot of cricket to talk about. So, should we just crack on with it, Tane? Crack on with the cricket, and crack might be the right word. Do you get it, Tank? Because we're going to talk about Ireland. Do you get that? That's good. Are we going to get an Irish accent out of you tonight? I mean, who knows? I wouldn't like to rule anything out yeah. at this point. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I just, I just read the scripts, Tane, so I wait yeah. for the... And if it says, the instruction says, exactly. in Australian accent, in Irish accent, you just do it. That's fair enough. So, yeah, uh, as we've uh, hinted out there, the first thing we're going to do today is uh, is head over to Ireland uh, not in a strictly literal sense, but, uh, but but metaphorically, we're going to cross the Irish Sea, take a journey in our minds uh, to Ireland, because it's been a momentous week in the world of cricket. For the first time in 18 years, Tone, we have a new test nation, an 11th test nation, Ireland joining the fray uh, with their first ever test match against Pakistan in Malahide. And it was an excellent game. Pakistan batting first were immediately 13 for two, Ireland getting off to a really great start when they were... 159 for six. It was looking like Ireland were very much on top, but uh, some some lower order runs from Fahim Ashraf uh, meant that they eventually declared on 310 for nine. Ireland were then bowled out for 130 and were asked to follow on. Uh, and it wasn't going particularly well in their second effort either when they were 157 for six. But 
a brilliant 100, a first ever, obviously, Test 100 for an Irish player by Kevin O'Brien. He made 118 um, and they got up to 339 and that set Pakistan a target of 160. You felt that wouldn't quite be enough, but Pakistan were 14 for three with Tim Murtagh and Boyd Rankin taking early wickets and it seemed like anything could happen from there. But Imam Al-Haq and Babar Assam, both with half centuries to eventually get Pakistan to the target with five wickets in hand. So they won the game. Uh, but yeah, tremendous fight from Ireland. As I say, at one point, Tone, this did seem to be very much heading towards a, a one-sided result, but they, they pulled it back, did Ireland, thanks to largely thanks to that incredible century from, from Kevin O'Brien. But yeah, 15 for three, it really seemed on. So there was lots to get excited about here, wasn't there? Yeah, it was awesome, wasn't it? And, uh, you know, especially after the sort of damp squib of the first day, uh, the anti-climax that was, but uh, well, that was a complete washout. Yeah, wasn't exactly. It? Uh, so you know, to 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 get such a well, what was in the end pretty exciting match away was uh, was awesome. And yeah, I mean, when you say eighteen years since uh, the last new Test member, that is a bit ridiculous, isn't it? When you when you just think, you know, it has been a long old struggle for Ireland to, to get to this point, and you know, it's not just been a sort of flash in the pan. They've done it a few times, haven't they? They've sort of announced themselves a few times and had to be kind of uh you know been forced to retreat a bit but yeah i think it's it's the whole thing is just quite exciting isn't it i mean people have said that you know it's unfortunate that test cricket now has almost taken this back seat and actually that ireland will be more excited about other stuff to come but uh, yeah the 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 symbolism of this match is pretty special because i mean they won't play that many tests over the next well, I think the Future Tours program has been announced, isn't it? I think, do they play 16 tests over the next four years? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it you know, isn't a huge amount. They'll be playing a couple of tests here and there against, I think they've got Zimbabwe, have they? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's not exactly like they're going to be involved in the Ashes anytime for obvious, <laughs> obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just to, just to sort of, it, it, yeah, as a sort of ceremonial kind of welcome to the club, yeah, pretty unforgettable. And people will make the point, and rightly so, that you know this is in many ways just sort of lip service at this point from the ITC because they're reducing the size of the World Cup, they're restricting the number of traditionally non-Test nations that can can get into that. They're offering Ireland and Afghanistan Test status, especially because they're about to introduce this Test League, and Ireland and Afghanistan will be excluded from. You know, won't, they might be Test nations, but they won't be playing a lot against India, Australia, etc. This isn't actually substantively very much. But what you're saying is right. I think symbolically it is a big moment. It has huge historical significance, doesn't it? And it's a weird one because it's both come much quicker and much slower than at one stage I would have thought. You know, where, you know, at one point I didn't think that there would ever be any more test nations. I, I just thought it, Bangladesh had been such so slow to improve that test matches involving Bangladesh were so one-sided all the time that the, you know that everyone else had sort of come to see the decision to admit Bangladesh in 2000 as a mistake and that they wouldn't want to make that mistake again and that they'd pretty much never allow another team in. So at certain points, I thought, well, no, Ireland will never get test status. But then equally, when they beat England in Bangalore in 2011... It did seem like they were a genuinely excellent side at that point. So for it to have taken seven years from then, at that point, you might not have thought that it would take another seven years before they'd play a test match. So as, as we say, it really was a tremendous test and, and it, no team has ever won their first test match apart from in the very first test match where obviously one of the two teams had to win. This was about as close as anyone's ever got. And it's probably not surprising because 
as we sort of alluded to there, no team, probably no team has ever been more ready to step up to test cricket than Ireland have. They've been around... The, I mean, know, arguably they've been around sort of too long, haven't they? They're, yeah, exactly. You know, a lot was made of the sort of average age, or well, certainly the the age of the senior members of the team. Well, absolutely, and we can we can get onto that. But I mean, I, I think it's true that the, these particular players have have played a lot of high level cricket, haven't they? They've um, they've been a very they've been competing in World Cups and in other events against big nations for a long time. They've been playing the Intercontinental Cup as well, where they've been playing four-day cricket against Afghanistan and other teams of similar status. So they were ready for this, and they 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 proved that here. I mean, Kevin O'Brien, what a hero, is scored both of the two most significant hundreds in Irish history, obviously this one and the one that uh, the, the match-winning hundred against England in Bangalore. You've got to be so pleased from having you. And, and, and as you were saying there, many of these players, Kevin O'Brien and others in the team, have been around for a very long time. It's actually seven of the 11 who played in Bangalore played in this test. And in fact, four of those seven were in the team that beat Pakistan in Kingston in 2007. Uh, that's the O'Brien brothers, Porterfield and Boyd Rankin. So they've been around a long time and it's great to see them get this opportunity then, isn't it? You've really got to be so pleased with them because they have earned it. Yeah, I mean, I think only Broad and Anderson are left from England's side. I mean, Broad and Anderson will be around forever. So just you know, hearing some of the stories from from those Irish guys about, you know, growing up as kids and, and sort of, you know, playing like it's a test match in, in the back garden, stuff like that, uh, you know, remarkable kind of perseverance. And, uh, and, and, you know, for the like, you know, for someone like Kevin O'Brien, who, I don't know, it's an interesting sort of lifestyle choice, isn't it, to, be a, to come from Ireland and with the the situation as it was not having a sort of uh, you know sort of flirting with international cricket almost uh yeah to to sort of make a, a life out of it and you know for him you know he's never been to the IPL or sort of become which is quite surprising given that yeah what the kind of batsman he can be uh yeah it just it's just a huge huge effort from them to to kind of get to this point and and then deliver yeah okay they didn't win but they pretty much did the best that they could have hope to do mm. so yeah awesome stuff a couple of points that might just temper that uh, that kind of mood of celebration that you're indulging in there Tony, that obviously has been around a lot and yeah as you say it, you know you've got to be really pleased for these players because they've been around a long time and they deserve this opportunity but the flip side of that is they've been around a long time this team is quite old you know it's seven of seven of the 11 played in bangalore seven of the 11 those seven players are all over 30 and in fact several of those are mid to late 30s ed joyce is 39 for all that ireland have you know established themselves as an excellent cricket team it is possible that we are sort of just looking at like a golden generation of of irish cricketers is there another generation coming through to replace them there's a few around isn't there tyrone kane is 23 i think but there, there's not a lot of pressure on the likes of ed joyce or Niall O'Brien, who's 36, you know, they're, they're still very much first choice and will be, you would think, as long as they want to keep playing. So, you know, the fact that they are a test team now presumably will help, will help to inspire younger players in Ireland. But, you know, it is possible that there could be a significant drop off in quality looming down the track. And the, the second point, just to be a little negative, is one that a few of the pundits on, on Sky were making as well. You know, the, these players now, now that they've played Test cricket, these players will count as overseas pros in the county championships. So, you know, they didn't before. They were effectively counted as, as England qualified players. So now, if they're going to continue to play championship cricket, they'll have to be signed 
as an overseas player and, you know, like as excellent a bowler as Boyd Rankin is, is a county going to want to have him as their overseas, their one overseas player? I'm not sure that they will. So while this is clearly a hugely historic moment for them and not something that they were ever likely to turn down, it could be harmful to their careers in the long run, or perhaps not for these players, but for those coming through. through. If they have to decide to, if they're going to play test cricket and potentially just play a couple of tests a year at the expense of a more consistent, both financial contract and also, you know, more consistent, good level cricket where they can improve, you know, that's a difficult decision to make. So yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a tricky one. It could be an argument to sort of look again at the, the regulations for overseas players there. Cause I'm not sure how it helps either Irish cricket or County cricket for that to be the case. But, no, I agree. It's kind of, yeah, sort of slightly unintended consequence, isn't it? But well, I thought you'd hope that something could be done about that. Hope's not a particularly useful thing is in, in cricket administration, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with you. I think some sort of, uh, you know, adjustment of the rules should be made to, to accommodate them i'm sure brexit will help with that won't it <laughs> yeah that'll smooth things <laughs> seems over seems to be the solution to, mo- to most things uh, but anyway yeah so a couple of things there but don't let me uh don't let me stamp on the balloon this has been a magnificent week for for irish cricket and for cricket more generally for test cricket yeah i think it's the fact that it, it, it went so well uh yeah it'd be you know i suppose within ireland you know there is obviously an intense competition between sports so you yeah it'd be you'd hope that cricket can can get a proper foothold and, and and make a go of it and yeah there are exciting occasions to come on there india playing a couple of t20 internationals in ireland uh later in the or in june next month have you got the Which irish are, yeah i've got the, I've fixture got all the fixtures <laughs> i've just got all the fixtures in front of me uh but you know those are going to be enormous aren't they? i think potentially well almost certainly the biggest kind of sort of sporting event in terms of a sort of worldwide television audience i mean obviously Mm-hmm. mostly in india but right. uh in irish history on, yeah, I mean. yeah exactly on yeah. ireland you know on irish soil mm-hmm. so i mean that you know that's huge and is going to be obviously extremely eye-catching so yeah there are things you know ticking along aren't there i think it is true that you know you could say this has come sort of five years too late for ireland a because it's five years too late for this particular generation of players who are all sort of coming towards the end of their careers and also because Test cricket has declined in importance and invisibility and all of that in those five years. So whether this is going to be, whether this is going to suddenly inspire a whole generation of Irish kids to start playing cricket is debatable. But I I I do think you can overstate that. And I think in terms of the uh, what you said before is absolutely right. It's the symbolism of it. It's a hugely symbolic thing that Ireland now have now been accepted as a sort of equal partner. I mean, there's a whole other debate about the big three and all that, but effectively an equal partner in cricket along with all the other elite nations. I think that is a really big thing. And, you know, you, you have to now say that Ireland are a cricketing nation and, and that's got to be that's got to be inspiring for the younger generation, even though, as we know, Tony, the younger generation aren't attracted to cricket. <laughs> well, that's it. As we'll come on to in a bit. I mean, that test has, has very much whetted my appetite for a Pakistan series in England tone which uh, which gets underway next week you've got the fixtures there yeah. what date is fixtures man go <laughs> what what are we looking for oh you're so you slow tone don't have it open if you're what not do you want to know? know when is, when does the first test start thursday the 24th of may and where is yeah, that and that is at lord's cricket ground london what time of the morning yeah uh sometime between 11 local and 11 bst <laughs> uh yeah no it all gets underway pretty soon doesn't it pretty sharpish 
It does. Just two tests in this series. I'm, I'm not going to go into too much detail on this because my my New Year's resolution. Well, one of my New Year's resolutions was to talk less on the podcast, which I think yeah. you'll agree. I'm, I'm yeah, you're doing well. I'm failing at so far. Uh, but secondly, my New Year's resolution was to talk less about scheduling. Uh, so I'm not going to do too much on this, but it is. I do think it's a little bit. Of, wait, I think you've said too much already. <laughs> just, just, just suffice to say, there are two tests. There are two tests, so. and that annoys me. Um, <laughs> So, but that notwithstanding, I am really excited about this series. It's nice to have Test Cricket back. It's nice to have Test Cricket back not in the middle of the night. And uh, England-Pakistan is is almost always a good series, isn't it? Are you, are you excited yeah. about this? Like, the thing with Test Cricket is it's either on during the night when you're asleep or it's on during the day when you're at work. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's the unwatchable sport, isn't it? <laughs> uh, am I excited? Yeah, I guess so. You know, I'm sure we'll talk imminently about the squad announcement, uh, which has got you know it's riled a few people, hasn't it? It's, it's got people going. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm excited for a, you know a test match in the summer. I think that's that's, that's cool. <laughs> Looking forward to that. We've just had the uh, you, you mentioned the squad being announced. The, the the squad for the football World Cup has just been announced as well. So it is coming back to this thing that I remember you saying. <laughs> about the Sri Lanka series in 2014 that you know that was going on at the same time as as the football world cup that you know if you were if you were excited about the Sri Lanka series it was like going to bed on Christmas Eve excited for sunrise with Eamon Holmes <laughs> it, there's there's an element of that in that there is a danger that this series could get buried although it does again fixtures man it does it actually finishes before the start of the world cup doesn't it it finishes on June the 5th yeah okay maybe they've actually thought about it this time uh, and what what date does the World Cup start? It's like June the thirteenth or something. You should have had that open as well. Yeah, Ted. come that's on, the, it's important background, isn't it? Yeah, fourteenth it starts. Okay, so actually, yeah, I, whether or not they did kind of think about it in advance and try to avoid clashing with the World Cup, I don't know. But it it isn't clashing with the World Cup. So. And England get their ODI against Scotland away before the start of the World Cup as well. <laughs> there you go. And then Australia arrive for the one days and T20s and they're during the World I've Cup. I've got some more notes about scheduling here yeah. on that. But um, I don't, yeah, I think, you know, having a sort of window in the, uh, the playing calendar for the World Cup might be a, a bit of a stretch. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But um, anyway, we can, we can be excited about this test series and it, and it won't get sort of swallowed up by the World Cup. As you say, England have announced their squad for the first test. It's the first squad selected under the chairmanship of, uh, of Lord Smith. Uh, here are the headlines. It's more or less the same team that played the last test against New Zealand, although there are a couple of significant changes. James Vince axed, despite scoring a double hundred in the county championship the other day. Joss Butler recorded in his place as a specialist batsman, and we'll talk about that in a second. The other big headline, Dom Bess, Somerset's Dom Bess, has been brought in as the spinner. Jack Leach has unfortunately broken his finger, Moeen's rightly been told to 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 have a blow, as they say. Uh, so it's there's not a lot of options. Uh, so I guess you could say this is the best they can do. It's, it's yeah. the it's the best of a bad bunch. So <laughs> I mean, all they could do was give their best. Well, yeah, they have. I mean, I'll be honest. I've not seen him bowl even one ball, so I'll reserve judgment. I think, although looking at the statistics, he's taken one wicket so far this season, which is slightly concerning. And on one level, it's a bit of a weird selection because he's, what, 20 years old. And if you were going to throw in a sort of, you know, green, unproven spinner to the first test of the summer, you might have thought they'd go for Amar Verdi, who's 19, but has taken 17 championship wickets this season to, to best his one. But 
yeah, as I say, I do want to reserve judgment because I, I have to say I don't know a lot about him. What do you make of Butler's recall? I mean, it's an interesting one. I, mean, I, I personally like to see Butler more involved. Uh, obviously, he's ripping it up in the IPL, isn't he, at the moment? I mean, was it five consecutive half centuries yeah. in the IPL, which is a record? He's just destroying it. But I mean, just the, it does make a mockery of the whole Ed Smith appointment and everything Ed Smith said to this point, or that has been written about Ed Smith. You know, mockery of all the, the you know all the words that have been written about you know who's pressing their claim for an England place in the county championship when you just go and pick someone who you know, has played a couple of tests to limited success a few years ago. He was obviously a, 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 you know, an amazing talent, but is, as some people have been saying, you know, just slogging, uh, you know, slogging off in India, which, yeah, I think slightly un- undermines what he's doing over there. But yeah. I, 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 there's more to it than this, but so we'll get into it. But there, there is an element of thinking, well, Ed Smith's been in the job for a few weeks and he's picked someone he's heard of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, also, like, yeah, when Ed Smith was appointed, all the talk was about how he was like, you know, he was a big data head, wasn't he? He was going to be using sort of money ball kind of methods and data to to root out the, you know, the players perhaps that have been you know, overlooked unfairly rather than going on gut instinct. And then literally the squad, his quote was, oh, it's more of a, it's sort of a cricketing instinct, you know, it's on cricketing instinct rather than, Data. I don't know. It is. It's just a bizarre, bizarre choice, and I. I just don't think Ed Smith's off to a great start, is he? Yeah, and if you if he's sort of going along the the money ball lines and and doing it all based on stats, well, the stats don't look great for Butler, do they? If and there's you, no if, stats. There's almost no stats to go on. Yeah, he hasn't played. He hasn't played any Red Bull cricket since September. Well, that's it. If you're just talking about his Red Bull record, then the stats are virtually non-existent. A, a listener by the name of Edward, tweeted in to us to say, fun stat, Butler has scored 145 county championship runs in the last three years. James Vince scored 138 runs yesterday. And uh, in in those three years, Butler has faced 203 deliveries in the county championship. Vince faced 250 deliveries yesterday. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're virtually non-existent, the stats for Butler. I don't know that. I'm, I'm a little bit torn on this because I do agree with you that it, it does feel like a slightly absurd selection, especially when supposedly Smith was coming in to give a sort of more rationalist and more kind of uh, mathematician's take on selection and try to do things a bit more logically. And yeah, Butler doesn't have a Red Bull record. Uh, yeah, he's played four, he played four first-class matches last season and averaged 17. And his tests, you know, he's played a, a few tests in a few years and hasn't done that well. And I'm also, I'm really not sure about this idea that he's going to come in and bat at seven. If they were, if he was going to come in and bat at seven and be the wicketkeeper, okay. Or if he was going to come in as a specialist batsman at five. But it just seems a bit weird because, as we've talked about, England don't have much of a tail at the moment. They don't have much strength in the tail. I don't know how much he's going to have to work with if he's coming in at seven. And if he's there as a specialist batsman, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to deliver from seven, which is difficult. So I don't know about that. But that leaving that aside, I, I, it's it's not what I'd have done. Uh, yeah, I think I'd have... I would have batted Bairstow at five. I'd have probably brought in Ben Folkes to be the wicketkeeper. But I also think they could have done much worse. And you can, while I agree that this seems a little bit like, you know, just a gut feeling Ed Smith hasn't actually watched much county cricket. So he's been watching the IPL on TV and thought, yeah, that guy looks good. Uh, He's English. Yeah, get him in. You could also argue that it's more of a kind of forward thinking selection than, you know, as you say, there have been a lot of words written about players are in good form at the moment, Nick. 
Gubbins has been mentioned, Pope has been mentioned, Clark has been mentioned. But you could say, well, yeah, they're in really good form at the moment, or they might do brilliantly in England in May. Are they necessarily the right guys to bat in India or elsewhere on the subcontinent or in Australia? I mean, maybe, I don't know. But you could say, well, if they're taking a much more long-term view of things, Butler does have the talent. You can't argue that he doesn't have the talent to be a test cricketer. He's already been talked about as a potential next captain as well, well in some quarters I mean, now. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy as a, you know, as a knee-jerk reaction. But I, do, I think there's a strong argument to say he is one of the most talented batsmen in England and he can he, he is the sort of player who could do damage in india in australia who could do well there but you know having said that for every kind of david warner who comes from t20 and excels in test cricket there's also people like andre russell and owen morgan for example who you know weren't able to translate it into test cricket so it's not guaranteed but i don't necessarily think it's uh, beyond the realms of possibility that butler can succeed in test cricket and i think it's probably fair enough that he gets another crack yeah no i tend to agree with parts of that i mean i do kind of think it solves a problem that didn't exist like i don't think england were crying out for a you know a lower order yeah. explosive batsman that you know they just don't want to be 40 for four that's a very good point yeah. uh so you know and, and i know ed smith's made the argument that well actually you slot butler in at the bottom you know you probably by bumping bearster up a bit as well and he you know he, he obviously can be that explosive batsman but also looks like you know, he's a sort of man for all situations as well, uh, that you, you do strengthen the whole thing. It sounds like Root's going to go up to three. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the fact that uh, Vince had a fantastic day just the other day is kind of ironic, isn't it? Because I, And it's hard to marry up, you know, when you go on Twitter, marry up what's your sort of the, the overall sense of what you're reading in your timeline kind of one day to, to who was saying what a few months ago. Yeah. But it's like people were just crying out for Vince to be dropped. Yeah, like I actually would, probably would have persisted with him. But yeah, people were crying out for Vince to drop. Then he is dropped, and it, yeah, okay, he bashes a few runs on one day. But all, everyone, all all over Twitter, people are like, why has Vince not been picked? <laughs> like, it's just like, what are they doing not picking Vince? Yeah, and yeah. So it's just slightly unfortunate timing, I guess, from his perspective. But it's an interesting call. It is an interesting call. I think. It sort of made me laugh. All the photos that getting used of Ed Smith, there was that one of him with like a sort of silk scarf on and kind of wacky sunglasses or trendy sunglasses. Uh, I don't know. I just he's lost a few hearts and minds. I think already, if he wasn't already kind of fighting losing battle from the start, it'd be really interesting to see where it goes from here. I mean, you know, you look at up and down. I think Stoneman on balance has done enough to to get another go. It's been tricky, because we've, you know, it has been a desperately disappointing winter. But then again, I don't know how many question marks you could sort of place on this squad, or you know, what else you would have done. No, I think that's fair. I, th- yeah, I think you know that there are question marks about someone like Stoneman, but he probably deserves another go. Really, a lot of the question marks are over the senior players, and it is quite a big series for a few of England's senior players because very few of them had anything approaching good winters i mean yeah someone like joe root is obviously not under pressure for his place but he's under pressure to do something having such a disastrous winter as captain and having failed to score 100 during the winter having scored so many 50s we know about this conversion problem ben stokes this will be his his first series at home since uh well since all the unpleasantness uh at the end of last summer and obviously he's got a, a court case hanging over him later this summer so yeah and he's not been in great form in the ipl either so you know this is quite a 
a big series for him. And then, of course, Alistair Cook can probably consider himself fortunate to still be in the team at this point, having had such a desperately poor winter with the exception of one double hundred. You'd really say it's 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 only the complete lack of alternatives at the top of the order that, that's keeping him in these plays. But, you know, if, if he has sort of four failures in these two tests, then even that might not be enough to save him. So, yeah, there, there's... Could you have done much else with this squad? You, you, realistically, they weren't going to drop Cook or Root or Stokes or anyone like that. But there are problems everywhere you look in the team at the same time. Um, I mean, yeah, I think the you know the, the sort of the bulk of the pressure is probably on the ECB in some regards. To, you know, they'll be like praying that England have a good summer because otherwise it's all going wrong at the moment for them. You know, they're they're under the cosh. So. I didn't realise, I was just really back about like when Ed Smith was appointed, but it's sort of several mentions or references to this, that Strauss had asked the candidates to uh, to put together a presentation on whether selection is an art or a science. <laughs> just kind of, which made, I don't know, just made me smile. Uh, and I, yeah, I don't, I, you know, obviously everyone's been talking about Smith as the scientist, but yeah, this is a, a, an artful call, isn't it? It'd be a fantastic apprentice task. Wouldn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. The two teams have to select an England cricket team. That would be for phenomenal. the first two tests of the summer, and then see see how it goes, and then get, just get put in front of Twitter. <laughs> what about Pakistan? They're obviously coming into this having been given a pretty big scare by Ireland, uh, but the upside of that is that they should be pretty well acclimatised to uh, to the conditions by the time this first test rolls around. So, unlike a lot of teams coming to England in recent years, they 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 shouldn't be coming in undercooked they performed really well in England two years ago as well earning a very creditable two-all draw that saw them go to number one in the world albeit only briefly however this is not quite the same team that it was two years ago with some significant losses since then most notably the retirements of, of Yunus Khan and Mizbar or Haq no Yazir Shah either he's injured Shadab Khan looks like a very uh, capable replacement for him he, he was excellent in England in the Champions Trophy last year uh, he bowled well against Ireland. He's very exciting considering he's only 19, but still big blow to lose Yazid Shah because he's been one of the very best spinners in the world over the last two or three years. So yeah, not quite the same team that it was two years ago, but you've always been a, a, a big Pakistan fan, Tony. You're always very keen to talk up their chances. And Are you talking up their chances this time? Probably less so, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's quite a tough one to call, I think, just given you know the, where england are coming into this uh i mean I, if this if it was like a you know informed settled england team or, or certainly if all the players in this england team were at their best they'd obviously be strong favorites i think uh but yeah i think pakistan have a chance and it, you know that game against ireland will have you know got them warmed up in a in a good way it was a good test tricky match to to see out uh you know like imam ulhaq did very well with uh was it Azhar Ali batting there, or Babar Azam batting at the other end uh, to kind of see off that? So I mean that they'll take great encouragement from that, you know. Imam Al Haq looks like Clark Kent. Does he? He's got the Clark Kent glasses. He looks like Clark Kent, and he batted a bit like Superman in the uh, solid offering in the Ireland Test. I just read the scripts, Tane. It's it's all here. But I, I mean, it's an, it, like England Pakistan. I think it's an exciting kind of matchup. Uh, you know, clearly neither team has set the world alight in Test cricket in the last kind of 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it'll be a good matchup. I'd make, yeah, I'm making England favourites, but... They're actually, Pakistan are a, a little bit like England in some ways, aren't they? In that they've got some absolutely world-class players in the lineup, but 
none of whom you'd say are probably at their absolute best at the moment. And then they've got a lot of sort of young, fairly exciting but unproven players coming through. So like a, a few very big names surrounded by a lot of no names sort of thing. You know, in the batting, you'd say they're they're very reliant on Azhar Ali and Asad Shafiq, both of whom are brilliant players. Shafiq only averages 39 in Test cricket, which is a surprising statistic to me because every time I've seen him, he's been fantastic. But I, 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 he does have a, a better record than that against England, so that might be why it's skewed a little bit in my mind. He's got a couple of hundreds, four fifties against England, a better average, uh, average of 42. The the rest of the lineup, is, as I say, is is a bit lacking in names. Imam Hak looked really good, and they've got some some promising young players there. But there, there's definitely a a big hole in that middle order without. Eunice and Mizbar. I guess an opportunity for some of those guys to make a name for themselves. The bowling, you'd say, could be quite reliant, again, on one or two players as well, particularly Mohamed Amir. Since he returned to Test Cricket a couple of years ago, he's probably, you'd, you'd have to say, not quite performed at the level that he was at when he was 18. He's averaging 35 with the ball in the 17 tests since his comeback. But still, I, I don't know. You wouldn't back against him, would you, in, in England in May? to find a bit of swing and, and and at his pace if he does find a bit of swing then he he's uh, he, you know he could really cause some havoc otherwise Mohammed Abbas took nine wickets against Ireland and he looks like a a fine bowler but this is perhaps not the most fearsome attack that Pakistan have ever brought to England it's an exciting team just maybe without some of the star names that we've been used to in the past would you like a composite 11 yeah go on then that's what you came here for all right well opening up I've got Cook and Azhar Ali. Then I've got Root, Milan, Shafiq in the middle order. Stokes at six. Bairstow at seven, even though he's going to bat at five for England, but Bairstow as, as the wicketkeeper. As the spinner, I've got Shadab Khan. Then a three-man seam attack of Mohamed Amir, Stuart Broad and James Anderson. So there's actually, believe it or not, seven England players in that and four Pakistan players. Yeah, I think that's probably reflective. I, I mean... You'd be backing in fairly strongly in this, wouldn't you? I mean, given the the time of year, the the potential quality in the in the bowling attack, if England get it right. Yeah, I was I sort of surprised myself with with uh, with my own composite eleven there, in that it sort of is weighted more heavily towards England than I would have. I as a as a gut feeling, as a, as doing this as an art rather than a science, uh, I'd have said I, I don't necessarily think that the balance is that strongly towards England. You know, England have had this disastrous winter. I don't think England are a particularly good team at the moment. But as we say, Pakistan have lost some players. This isn't quite the team that it was two years ago. And yeah, in England in May, you'd back England against pretty much anybody, wouldn't you? Although that being said, you know, uh, I think like if if Anderson and or Broad have good games here, then probably England are going to win because you just think, well, the Pakistan batting doesn't maybe look like it has enough beyond Azhar Ali and Asad Shafiq if. if if Anderson or Broad kind of gets on top of those two, they don't look like they have enough to kind of stand up against England in these conditions. But England's batting looks pretty vulnerable as well. And if Mohamed Amir, if Mohamed Abbas bowl well and get the ball moving around, I don't know, I I, I wouldn't be shocked by a one-all scoreline. Yeah, I mean, I think Pakistan's bowlers will, will, will be looking forward to this, won't they? I mean, whatever, you know, in Australia and New Zealand, these batsmen have struggled. So they'll be relishing the chance to just to give it a good go. And, you know, Stoneman and Cook, yeah, there, there are openings. There are definitely openings. Do you want to give me a prediction? I've got in there first by saying one all, yeah, by the way. Yeah, so. you've spilled your beans. <laughs> uh, so to speak. I'm going to go 
1-0 England. Interesting. You're going yeah. for a draw. Rain, maybe. Rain. I'm going for a bit of rain. <laughs> have you Always got, account for rain. You got the BBC weather open on your laptop as well. Have yeah. You? Well, I think it's all computer man, computer nerd over there looking up all his websites. So I'm like, you can get, it's quite amazing. You can get weather forecasting, isn't it? Uh, I mean, to be fair, it looks fairly dry for the next, which is amazing, isn't it? Remarkable. <laughs> it's dry through till at least the 29th. Crikey, that's a yeah. long range weather forecast. Well, that's just look. Oh, wow, you really can get anything on the internet these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so maybe oh, I don't know, I'll revise that. I'll go 2 0 England. Okay, England, England, to, England to bounce back from the disappointment under the uh, you know, the new Smith era, the brave new world yeah. of Ed Smith, the brave new world of sort of 2015 16. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Should we do a bit of an update on this uh, The 100 situation, Tone? We obviously talked about this in some depth on the last episode, but uh, in the in the couple of weeks since, uh, this story has been rumbling on and it's, it's got a new lease of life this week uh, when Colin Graves gave an interview to the BBC. I saw, I, I saw it via Dan Rowan. I saw Dan Rowan tweeting it out with a link to the, uh, the article. And as you said before, you know it's getting serious yeah. when Dan Rowan sticks his oar in. If you're in sport and Dan Rowan arrives, you know you've done something... <laughs> Something's gone wrong. So Colin Graves talking to the BBC. Uh, you know, we, you, I think you said on the last episode that you couldn't see how they could go ahead with this. Now they'd had so much criticism that you couldn't see how the hundred would really go ahead. Well, lots of people have been saying that there's been this kind of furious backlash against it. But Colin Graves saying to the BBC, that he's absolutely adamant that it will go ahead. And uh, one this of the- is despite the the PCA being told, I think only a couple of days before that it was all up for consultation. Well, it was like, yeah. So Daryl Mitchell from the PCA quoted that tweet and said, well, he might want to tell Tom Harrison that because apparently Tom Harrison had told the B- the PCA that it was all up for discussion still. Colin Graves saying, no, 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 don't, effectively, I don't care what anyone says, we're doing this. He also, the, the, the quote that kind of leapt out at people from this interview was, uh, like it or not, the younger generation are just not attracted to cricket. And he was saying, you know, they want it to be shorter, they want it to be easier to understand. And that that's the reason why they've come up with this idea. And yeah, I saw, uh, I, we, I feel like we talk about what people say on Twitter a lot yeah, on this show yeah. now, saying, but a good tweet from uh, from someone called Glenn Ebry. Say what you like about Colin Graves, but coming out and constantly saying the sport you run is boring and crap is one bold marketing move. So uh, it's, it's been a, an eventful few days on this, Tone. Where, where, where are you at on all of it now? Where are you at on the 100? 
Uh, a reminder that your reaction to the story initially was, what are they smoking? I mean, it's not getting any better, is it? I think Gravesy is in uh, grave danger. Of, oh, that's good, Tony. Yeah. I should have had that in my script. I uh, yeah, I think the reaction has been totally justified to this because if you're basically saying that the sport that you represent isn't interesting, then you're not. In, you're just why are you representing the sport? Like, unless you're just there to pick up the paycheck. Mm. Madness, utter madness. I, yeah, I, I just don't know. It's it's just it's amazing. The the chain of events has been quite amazing. I don't think even we could have predicted how this would have played out so far. And it, uh, yeah, it is still a few years away, isn't it? It's still well, two years, two away, years yeah. away exactly. Uh, I, I still I can't see it. I can't see the hundred arriving on our TV screens in the this current proposed. Form. You don't think it's going to happen? I, ju- I just don't see how it can. Well, I don't. I don't think. I don't trust Graves to know what kids are excited about, and I don't really. I don't trust the whatever data or market research he's being fed. I, I, I just. I don't know. I think this is the better way. Well. I agree with all of that, but I don't think that's necessarily relevant to whether or not it's going to happen. But if those say, whatever that market research, whoever did it, if they do it again and say, who's going to go to the 100? They, people will be like, no. So they're going to be like, well, no one's going to turn up. We can't do it. Well, that's possibly true. But, I, but equally, I think there's now an element of stubbornness that's going to come into play. Unless Graves resigns or is forced out, and there's just some kind of change at the ECB, it seems very much to me like he's... His pride if nothing else will kind of force this through because certainly the way he seemed in that interview was like well yes literally everyone who supports cricket thinks it's a bad idea but i know better than mm. them while i i agree with your sentiment that i just it's hard to imagine how this can go ahead that's not really the point like it's hard to imagine because it's so absurd but that doesn't mean it won't go ahead like i think i think it will go i think it'll be a disaster but i think they'll do it unless as i say graves is forced out and it does like He's made his own position untenable in any kind of sane circumstances. His position would be untenable, but he's essentially answerable to no one, isn't he? Because of the way the ECB works. So unless he decides, unless he sort of wakes up and realises that he's made a complete pig's ear of the whole thing, I don't see him going anywhere. I mean, it's hard to know. It's hard to gauge. Again, just to talk about Twitter. Yeah, the uh, yeah, people always talk about the echo chamber of Twitter, but you know, as soon as you follow, I don't know, a dozen accounts of certain people in cricket who have a certain viewpoint, which is aligned, you kind of, you know, obviously, like my mum isn't going like, "What is Graves on about?" Like she isn't calling me up and going, "This hundred stuff, like it's a nonsense, isn't it?" Whereas, you, so, she, she listened to what I had to yeah, say yeah. last time, but and I, I, it's kind of reflective of the state. I mean, it, it has got a lot of interest, maybe you know, from Dan Rowan. And, uh, you know, the BBC Sport website, which is you know, possibly you know, a solid barometer of, of kind of what is interesting or what is interesting people in sport. But I, I don't feel like the propositions have, have kind of generated the, the interest that perhaps would have happened yeah, if someone had decided to fiddle with football's basic format, which is kind of speaks to the, the, the problem that cricket's got now is that, you know, the profile of cricket is, is that much lower than it was even when we started get it, getting into it. It's kind of, it is hard to know what the kids want. Yeah, and that, I, 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 I don't think they're necessarily a million miles away from identifying the problem. No, like, it, 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 I suppose you can give them some credit for trying to do something about the fact that, yes, cricket is way less visible now than it ever was and, and, and less popular than it was when we were kids. 
he's not necessarily wrong in saying that kids today, cricket wouldn't necessarily be top of the list of things that kids today are interested in. And it's not that they are wrong in what they've sort of, the problem that they've put their finger on, but they're just so far away from having the right solution to it. I, I just don't see how changing it to 100 balls does anything to move the needle. That would be fine if it was just something, it's just sort of throwaway thing that, well, we'll you know, we'll try this and it doesn't matter. But the, the, the negative consequences of it, even though it is only, it's, it's in some ways not as big a change as it seems, but it's, it's kind of making a mockery of cricket. It's, it's like turning it into sort of Mickey Mouse thing that it's no longer really cricket is what it feels like to a lot of people by having, changing it from overs to balls and having one 10 ball over and all that kind of nonsense. It's just, it's really sort of insulting to people who love cricket. So you're actually, I don't see how it's going to do anything to attract a new audience and you're just going to annoy the audience that you already have. And like you say, I, I just don't, it surely can't be the case. You can't have a situation where the man in charge of cricket in this country doesn't believe in cricket enough to just be promoting the sport on its own terms. Like if if you don't think that cricket is interesting or exciting enough to get the attention of young people you're in the wrong job it's such a great game like it's yeah. a, the problem is not the game surely the problem is to do with the way it's marketed to do with the fact that it's not on free-to-air tv and that's a big debate but that, that's got to be part of it and getting it into schools and all those kinds of things i don't see how going from t from 20 overs to 100 balls is suddenly going to get a whole load of kids away from playing Fortnite onto watching cricket it's just it's madness yeah, it's we've said it before, but it just it's not the solution that they're looking for. There are there are numerous things that that could be done or should be done, which aren't easy, but to to bolster the number of people who are interested in cricket, and the the main one has got to be getting kids playing cricket. Because if you play a sport, you, the chances are you're going to enjoy watching it. The ECB that that should be the number one priority. And okay, yeah, giving getting the sport in front of people's eyes in one way or another you're on free-to-air tv or certainly in a in a, a competition that is attractive to people that is another good way to go uh, you know you'd have to say but yeah this isn't the one no i mean they the ecb have just had a disastrous time of it recently utterly disastrous beggars belief doesn't it it really does I didn't think it could get any worse than what was it four years ago with the whole Peterson situation and uh, you know the stuff about him looking out the window, <laughs> like the autobiography that came out of that and Paul Downton. That seemed yeah, like that, that, the, the nadir, but this is actually worse. I saw someone writing that you know like England cricket's probably like you know hankering for the days you know of like Stanford. That looked like yeah. a shrewd decision yeah. to kind of partner with Stanford back then. Uh, yeah. It's true. I mean, it's just, it's it, amazing to see what will happen next. It's really depressing. Like I've I've genuinely been quite depressed about it in the sense that I do just feel like this game that I love so dearly. I like, I already feel like it's kind of slipping away from me in some senses. In the in that Test cricket is losing significance since we're going towards T Twenty. But if they're going to start like just changing fundamental things about it, they also it seems to have gone quiet on this. But there there was some talk in that initial press release that they might get rid of the LBW law. Because, like, supposedly, firstly, people find that hard to understand. Women find it hard to understand the LBW law, apparently. And secondly, that, you know, oh, it's just, it's too confusing how all, all of this. And really, they just want to see the sixes fly. 
And like, this is something that really bothers me. Sorry, I'm ranting now, but there's something that really bothers me. I'll sit back down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop jabbing my finger at you. Just stood up with the mic and I'm pacing up and down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just this idea that the only good thing about cricket is sixes. Like that, that that's what cricket's about. Like everything, every ball that isn't a six is somehow disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Like that's such an awesome, I, I mean, obviously I love six. I love, a, I love big hitting as much as anybody. But it's got to have. There's got to be some kind of like context to it. Like, there's got to be. If you don't have that kind of like challenge or jeopardy or you know sense that well, this that actually hitting a six is very difficult and quite rare. And like, that you might as well just watch someone at the driving range if you just want to see someone hit a ball a long way. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not like a six in a vacuum isn't interesting. It's only in the context of the game that it becomes interesting. And it's great to have the odd game that's full of big hitting, but if if it's just, which the IPL is to an extent, just about who hits the most sixes, and if you get rid of the LBW law in the 100 to make it even easier for people to just kind of swing at every ball, it's just not the same game that I fell in love with as a kid. And I, yeah. I, I, it just, it's very upsetting. It, it either sort of, yeah, either kind of shows a sort of fundamental misunderstanding of, of sports, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But, or it's just kind of, it's just cheap short-termism kind of no well i mean that you know i guess that's sort of the world isn't it that we live in but uh and we're all guilty of it in some quarters but yeah i agree it's it's that's not what it's about that yeah it's like it's like the the famous thing of you know the americans wanting to make the goals bigger in football so that there mm. were more goals it's like that's the, the whole point is that they're rare. It's absolutely yeah. right. You've completely it's completely missing the point, isn't it? Yeah. If every football match ended eighteen seventeen, it just wouldn't be as interesting. Oh well. Here we go. It's going to be a hell of a ride. <laughs> uh, all right. Shall we wrap it up? Yeah. Okay. You've depressed me there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. Speak, speaking of the IPL, did you see Trent Bolt's catch? No, I haven't seen that. Absolutely, I'll get it up for you. Absolutely ridiculous. Trent Bolt. You, have you got the internet? I do, actually. I've yeah. heard of the internet. Lovely Trenty. Just, just search tre- IPL Trent Bolt 2018 catch internet. Online website. Yeah. Uh, uh, you'll get it up. Oh, yeah, here it is. Decent grab, that amazing. Thank you, mate. And speaking of which, speaking of Vivo perfect catches and yeah, MRF tires timeout, whatever it is, strategic timeout. Uh, I heard you made a bit of an Andre Russell esque debut for uh, for your new local cricket team this week. Uh, yeah, who did you hear that from? You. <laughs> <laughs> you literally, you came up. I think you were driving home. You just got in the car and you came on the phone and. Uh, yeah, just couldn't, bursting with pride. I literally couldn't it. wait to tell you. <laughs> Go on then, what, what did you do? Yeah, I've decided to get back into cricket tone this year. Yeah, I'm turning out for a new team. Uh, played the first game the other night. Genuinely tone, I think my teammates, uh, most of whom, I only know one guy on the team from before this, so I think most of whom it was the first time I'd ever met them. I think they think I'm some sort of like 
as you say, like Andre Russell type figure. And I don't know why I couldn't do this when I was a kid and it'll never happen again. But yeah, my, uh, my debut, I bowled four overs, two for 15, followed that with a direct hit, which I've never done in my life, but I obviously sort of nonchalantly just like went and high five people. Like, yeah, was, you know, yeah. Yeah. Got him. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. We go again. Yeah, exactly. We go again. Uh, and then, yeah, came in at the death, batting number six, which I was, yeah, had a bit of vertigo coming in at six. But I think they'd just been so impressed with my display in the field. They were like, well, he must be good at batting as well. So I came in at six. Uh, 15. Well, when I came in, we needed about 45 to win. And I was kind of nerdling it around because there was a guy in who'd, who'd, who'd been in for a while. I was on 40 odd. Uh, but he got out and eventually came down to the last over 15 to win. Last three balls, 10 to win. Hit a six and a four to win it with a ball to spare. Extraordinary. Yeah. Extraordinary. You'll be going for three crores next year, whatever it's called. It's a bit weird though, isn't it? Because we, we used to talk about, I haven't played cricket for about five years, but we used to, well, I did when we both did in the same team. We used to talk about it on this podcast, but it was because we were doing so badly that it was, you know, it was funny to talk about on the show, but. I you know, can't keep going on about it if I'm just dazzling everyone with my brilliance. Yeah, that, that this will be the one and only mention you'll get <laughs> in that context. Yeah. I mean, it will, it will never happen again. But it was just, I think I've <laughs> walked away. They were just like, they couldn't believe. They were like, can't believe we've got this guy. The captain came here. He's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like, they think I'm some sort of uh, IPL star. He'll be playing uh, World Cricket League in no time. Ended up in Guernsey Evening League Division 4 for some reason. Is that the bottom division? But it is the bottom yeah. division, yeah. But um, but yeah, that'll never happen again. Fantastic. Well, well done from Thanks. everyone, from all the listeners and my... my <laughs> can't talk. From all the listeners and me. Congratulations. Clearly there's a bit of a buzz about it on the island if you'd already heard about it. Yeah, no, it was, it was all around everywhere. <laughs> it almost made my sports news. Just yeah. all over your Facebook Messenger thread, <laughs> yeah. thread with me. <laughs> no, good stuff, mate. Stuff. Cheers. Well, I've actually scarred from playing cricket after last summer, so I won't be, won't be playing again. I think I've retired now. I think you should get back into it. I think you, I think you should play in this team. There's definitely a spot for you. I think you'd enjoy it. I don't know. I don't think there's a spot for me anymore. But if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be putting in sensational performances every week, then we need someone to be, to you know, to sort of provide the other angle that we could talk about on the, the show. comedy value. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, maybe, maybe towards the end of the summer. No, I think you should. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. So I actually don't have a, a an outro, an outro intro here. Wow, that must be the first time ever. Yeah. I could just, I just couldn't be bothered. I could probably do something royal wedding related, yeah. much like the royal wedding X Y Z. Are you excited about the royal wedding, Tom? Uh, don't know. No. Well, obviously not. But <laughs> obviously not. How are you going to be celebrating on Saturday? I don't know. It's rude of them that it's not that you know. There's no. Big sport. I don't know. Is there any sport happening on Saturday? FA Cup final. Perfect. That's what I'll be doing then. So hang on. The test match starts on Thursday, May 24th. I don't know, mate. You're the fixtures, man. Yeah. Well, that's when it starts. So we're going to be, when are we going to be back? Probably. Am I, am I right saying neither of us on holiday for a while now? I'm not on holiday for like at least two months. So, <laughs> so yeah, we'll be back after the first test. We'll be in between these first yeah. two test matches. When does the second test start, fixtures, man? Second test starts June 1st, June 1. Okay, so before June 1, we shall return. Uh, so if we record maybe like choose 29. Yeah. If we, yeah, then we could get it out on Wednesday the 30th. You can cut all this for sure, <laughs> definitely. But yeah. yeah, Wednesday 30th, we could maybe look to get it out, which is two weeks today. 
I'm assuming yeah. this will be up tonight, will it? Oh, it'll be up in about 25 minutes. Well, no, because I've, I've got to, I've got to edit out all your blue humour and uh, dangerous ideas, Tony. So it takes quite a while. Would you like a quick county update? Yeah. Uh, I'm a man of my word, and uh, I did promise that we'd keep doing this. So here's another one. This is a, a whole two times we've done this now. Nottinghamshire atop of Division 1, Tane, having won three of their five games so far this season. Jake Ball and Stuart Broad leading the way in the bowling. Uh, but they did lose their most recent game to Lancashire by an innings with Jimmy Anderson and Graham Onions absolutely decimating their batting. So anyone's game really at the top of the table. Down at the bottom, Worcestershire have lost four of their five games. So it's, uh, it's looking a bit bleak for them, but there's a, a long way to go. So yeah, that's the county update, Tom. We're going to try and stay right across it as the season goes on. I thought that was pretty informative, right? Yeah, that's a good summary. <laughs> it told you at least as much as if you just looked at the county championship table on the internet. But yeah, have you had fun tonight, Tom? Yeah, it's been good. It's been as you say, we're going to be back in, in two weeks' time to talk about more stuff. But between now and then, if you enjoy the World Cricket Show, you might like to get more involved on the internet. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash cricket show. We're on Twitter at cricket show. I'm at Adam Bayfield one two. Tony's at Tony Cover. We're on Instagram at World Cricket Show. Send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. Write a review on uh, whichever podcast platform you use, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Acast. I could just continue listing podcast platforms if you like. But yeah, uh, reviews are a, a, a great help. They do bring new people to the show. And if you'd like to support us financially, we're hugely grateful to everyone who does that. If you go to cricketshow.net, you'll find a little link there to Amazon. And then when you're doing your normal Amazon shopping, we get a little bit of a, 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 a we get a little bit of a cut of the money that you spend. So, uh, and if you'd like to pledge a regular amount to us, you can do that on Patreon at patreon.com/slash/cricketshow. Uh, we are enormously grateful to all of our patrons. Well, anyway, I think we've hit the wall haven't we we've hit the end of the road we've hit rock bottom uh, so we should probably call it a day stay in school everybody thanks Tane thanks for listening and we'll see you all next time bye bye for now cheery Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.